0: Gratitude. gratitude, that's my everyday attitude, gratitude. gratitude, gratitude. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. Our guest today is Hallie Rosebud. I don't think that's her real last name. She's got a hard to, to pronounce last name, but Hallie is a really amazing friend. I would consider her family and um, really grateful that she came over to spend some time with me. Um, we have an amazing conversation. There's a little history there. Um, we actually started our podcast. She started our podcast before me, but I was the first interview she did with her podcast and she was a big part of me starting my podcast. And uh, we discuss a little bit about that journey early in the episode and then we really dive in. To a lot of different topics, uh, we talk about psychedelics, some of our uh, journey um, with ayahuasca, five m e o d m t, which is the Bufo Alvare- Alvarez frog. Um, you know the importance of, of of integrating those experiences and not not continuing to chase them and seek. Uh, just a lot of really good value in this podcast. Um, you know, Hallie is she, first of all her voice is just incredibly soothing, so I think you guys are really going to enjoy just listening listening to her talk, I know I did, and she's an amazing storyteller. And just really, I think the very last story at the end of the podcast, um, I was just in awe by, because we talk about an experience I had just the other day um, involving masks and um, a confrontation I had at the airport. Um, and she kind of gave me a lot of really uh, poignant advice Uh, through an experience share that she had, um, I think is really impactful. So definitely listen to it till the end. If you enjoy this show, if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy this episode, please take just one second, leave a review, rate the podcast. And if it has an impact on you uh, in any way, please share it with anybody that comes to mind that you think will also have an impact on it goes a long way in supporting this podcast. There are also other ways to support this podcast. I have uh, created a premium feed um, which provides a lot of amazing extra content. And this is actually one of the first guests, actually the first guest that I do an extended episode with. And it is only going to premium members. If you want to become a premium member and support this podcast while also receiving amazing extended episodes... Um, and also putting together a strategy to allow you to drop into some live episodes and doing Q&A Zoom calls once a month. If that's something that interests you and you want to be involved in the community, it's only $7 a month. There's a link in the show notes. Go to Supercast and it's really simple to sign up and you can start receiving this amazing content. And so if you are a premium member, thank you so much for supporting. Stay to the end for that extended episode. Uh, Hallie drops some amazing wisdom. And if you are interested in following Hallie, she is the host of a a really amazing podcast called The Thought Room. And she has some really big guests, actually. And she's just such an amazing conversationalist. So go check out her podcast. And um, all of the stuff that she's working on is in the show notes as well. Check that out. She is a a coach, a mentor, and a a dear friend to me. And I really hope that you enjoy this podcast. I do want to mention this masterclass series that I'm starting through the Heart Collective, um, new strategy where I wanted to provide value to my wider audience. Uh, For those of you that have been following me, the Heart Collective is a community built exclusively for former male professional athletes, but we are also starting to open up the content that we're providing these former athletes to my wider audience. If it's something you are interested in, go to theheartcollective.com, put your email in, and you can uh, begin to receive notifications on all the amazing content we're creating through these masterclasses. I actually just spoke to Hallie off air and she is going to host a uh, masterclass this summer, providing a lot of wisdom and value. That's something you're interested in. It's for athletes and non-athletes alike. So go check that out, theheartcollective.com. And without further ado, here's Hallie. Hallie, what's up?
1: Joe, <laughs> how you doing? I'm so happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm happy you're here too. It's definitely
1: been a long time coming.
0: I know, I know. We we we've kind of started this podcast journey together in a sense. Uh, I was your first uh, recording. What was yeah. I mean? Feels like lifetimes ago.
1: Yeah, you were the van. first guest on my podcast,
0: and you were uh, you were the second along with Dr. Mike. Which our conversations with Dr. Mike stemmed really, or was the genesis of this podcast and specifically the name Quantum Coffee?
1: I remember that because <laughs> we were all in Whistler and I had just gotten back from some mad ayahuasca journeys and was grounding down in the mountains with you guys. And I remember you being like, let's record a podcast right now for the thought room. And I wanted to so much, but I was out of my mind and And then it came up somehow. You're like, I think I should start a podcast. And you'd been having those coffee talks. And I'd been blessed to be a part of a couple of those coffee talks with Dr. Mike, just when we'd visit in New York and stuff. And the name Quantum Coffee was thrown out. And I'm so glad that you picked it up. (laughs) And when I saw you branding for this podcast, I was like, yes, he's using the Quantum Coffee. It's perfect.
0: Yeah, we're doing it. We just, I mean, we have such deep conversations that, you realize that the this is the kind of stuff that, you know, people need to hear. People need to talk about. It's, you know, it's fascinating. Most people don't question the universe in kind of the same way that we do. And I think, you know, me personally, the, the wisest people I know are the people that have gone on the path and gone out searching and seeking for truth. And when you go on that path and you go deep enough into that path, you realize you don't really know much of anything. <laughs> and the more you think, you know, the less, you know, right. Mm-hmm. It's like the old saying. If someone thinks they know, turn and run the other way.
1: Right, right.
0: And so I had a lot of resistance to starting a podcast because I know I was on a lot of other people's podcasts. And, you know, since I've started this, it's been really fun to talk about the stuff I want to talk about, which is the unanswerable questions of the universe and exploring these these conversations that we'd have anyways. And then putting a mic to it and sharing it with the world is uh, is really special. How do you like podcasting?
1: Oh, my gosh. It's, you know, it's, it feels so natural. It just feels like when I allowed myself to step into podcasting, it felt like I'd found my thing. It was like the, for the first time in my life, maybe I was in complete alignment. It was effortless and it felt, you know how, you know, when something is alignment in alignment is, is paying attention to the feelings in your body. And after I would finish a really great podcast interview, I would feel like this electrified feeling within my cellular system. Like I would almost feel high. I'm sure you've experienced that too. You finish a good podcast and you're like, yeah. (laughs) Have you ever had
0: a podcast where you don't feel like that? Be like, oh, that's, that was actually a letdown. I think for me, the most, the most exciting, anticipating podcast, and maybe that's my own expectations of them, actually turned out to be like, oh, that wasn't as good as I hoped.
1: I have a story about that, actually, because when I was first starting, you know, I was blessed with this absurd opportunity, which I have no explanation for other than it was divine and it was the universe giving me a not so gentle push into this path. And I was invited down to Soltara Healing Center before the podcast had even gone live to do a social media exchange with them and to essentially record interviews with guests that were coming through and working with ayahuasca. While myself, I was working with ayahuasca weekly during that time. So one of the first, I do not think it was like in the first 10 episodes of the podcast, maybe 11 or something, I had Dennis McKenna coming on the show. And I remember being really nervous because he was probably the biggest name that I had had. He was huge in the psychedelic world. And I really wanted to be well-prepared for that interview. Mm. So I spent a whole day watching him on Joe Rogan and listening to other stories he had told and writing down really interesting things that he said. And when I did that interview... I observed something really interesting and it's a great interview. And I've had a lot of people say that's one of their favorite interviews that they've ever heard of Dennis. However, I was so tuned into the energy, you know, like being so open, working with Ayahuasca. I could feel that he had answered a lot of the questions I had asked a hundred times before Mm. on other interviews. And so there was this, Piece that was missing for me, which is the spont spontaneity and the, like what's alive in you in the moment. That piece wasn't really miss was wasn't really there until I started asking him some fun questions about like what's your favorite takeout food and things completely unrelated to, to psychedelics.
0: <laughs> That's an interesting one.
1: It was. It was just like you know because we we put people on pedestals. Mm-hmm. And then we make them get up there and tell the same stories they've told every single time. We forget that they're like humans, just like all of us. Mm. And they have things they care about. And when you open up a conversation with like, hey, what do you care about? It creates so much more authenticity. And so I learned a lesson in my next guest after that, that I was interviewing, I believe was Dorian Yates another huge guest and i was like i'm not gonna watch him on joe rogan you know i'm i'm going to
0: go in blind so I'm, to speak yeah,
1: yeah i and like and you know he's huge obviously one of the most decorated bodybuilders like of physically all time big too. well physically big but also just like more decorated than <laughs> arnold schwarzenegger as far as it comes to to bodybuilding and i didn't really give a shit about bodybuilding so i was like okay where, where do I fit in? Right? Mm. Like, am I just going to ask him questions about bodybuilding because that's what he's famous for? Or am I going to be present and drop in with Dorian Yates, the human being? Mm. And to this day, you know, that interview is over a year old. It's one of our top downloaded interviews and people will comment on the YouTube and stuff and say, this, is my favorite Dorian Yates interview ever because he shares these aspects about his marriage and about his daughter and about how he likes Broadway shows and he listens to Bob Marley and you just get these other elements of him that would have been lost if I tried to steer that interview and and have my grip around it so tightly mm. so that was a really big lesson in not only podcasting but like being present as a human being
0: yeah really that's what makes a good podcast right being curious and being present with the, the the guests and being able to guide them on where they're going. And if you guys are interested in checking out Hallie's podcast, it's called The Thought Room. That all will be in the show notes. Definitely give it a listen because you are such, not only your voice is so soothing to me. I'm just listening to you in my, my headphones <laughs> and it's just like, oh, but you're just an amazing storyteller. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said uh, a good question. What, what do you care about in this moment? Oh,
1: that's a great question. What I care about in this moment is being an in integrity. That's one I'm constantly wrestling with. And it's so multi-layered because it's unique on the come up of your career. You know, the uh, the invitations start pouring in, things you've always dreamed of, the sponsorships, everything. And suddenly, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well, it becomes a little overwhelming. Mm. And so where I could handle it before and answer all the DMs and every single email and every single inquiry, I've come to a point where if I choose to do that, then I'm not showing up for my work,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: which is myself, the inner work and being a clear container to have these conversations. So there was a deep period of feeling like a failure it was like I'm building, I'm building, I'm building. There's the excitement of building, and I'm here, and suddenly it's like, ooh, this is different. And the growing pains of that. The beauty of building a team. We were talking about the having the support of amazing teams around us, and learning how to be in conscious leadership and to uphold the integrity of the show and all that I'm creating, and yet release my death grip around the perfectionism of being able to do all the details by myself. So the integrity piece is like if I'm going to sit in front of this microphone and people are going to listen and take their time like that in a world where they can choose to do anything. Mm-hmm. We have people sitting listening to this right now and they're choosing this. And I just want to say to those people, yes, Thank you. Mm-hmm. And you're here for a reason. You're here because the universe brought you here. Like it's it's actual vibration that we're attracted to. And I, I said this in the intro of a podcast this morning. For my show, I said, when you listen to a great song and you finish it, like for me, it's when I listen to I want to Break Free by Queen. <laughs> <laughs> like first thing in the morning, like blast that. And well, I'm there's like, so many
0: deep layers to that. Huh? I can
1: fucking do anything after mm. I listen to this song. It's the same with podcasting. It's the same with being in a room with someone who just gives you that sense of peace and calm and you can't put your finger on why. It's resonance and, and it's energy. It's vibrational energy. And that is the currency of our universe. So everything is energy down to, you know, the table that is just particles that are vibrating very close together in front of us. Money is energy. Our time is energy. Our relationships are energy. So keep being in integrity with my energy and how I'm using it and making sure I'm not funneling too much out. And I'm also not keeping too much in because Mm. this is another layered aspect of this is kind of like, we can also be worried about humility to the point that we don't share our gifts. Mm -hmm. And that's one I've struggled with as well.
0: Yeah. It's all about finding balance. And I think that the big step for me, and I know for a lot of entrepreneurs is going from that solo entrepreneur to building a team. And I feel like you really hold yourself back until you start because it challenges you in so many ways to step into leadership role that you've never really had to and it makes you question your own stories right like you want things done a certain way for me it was like like do i have enough to give to somebody like and then and then like that makes me have to be accountable to my work because then i'm paying somebody and they're showing up so that means i have to show up and do it i have a lot of resistance to feeling like trapped and and you know building something and feeling like it's kind of weighing me down So like all these different stories to finally building a team and now you know, I have a few people on my team and it's like, holy crap, how did I do this without them? Yeah. And like, it's allowed me to step into, I am the leader. I am the creative. And there's, there's actually people that, cause it's hard for me to, to give somebody a task if I don't like doing it myself, but then really understanding there's different types of people out there. And some people really enjoy that and enjoy those things that maybe necessarily you don't like. And then being able to empower them on the vision that you're headed and, uh, and get them excited about helping you reach your goals because they're a part of it as well. And I think that's really leadership. It's not about giving tasks away. It's about emp- empowering them to help you build this vision of really making the world a better place.
1: Totally. And and with at least with my team, we have this agreement, and I tell them all the time, if there's something that you don't love doing, tell me so that we can either talk about that, figure out a way how you're going to enjoy it more, or we're going to get somebody else to do it. We're going to hire somebody else to take that over because all of this matters. You know, when you're doing something, if you're writing an, if someone's writing an email on our behalf to announce a podcast episode or whatever for our newsletter, write some copy for Instagram, and they're in a mood that's kind of resentful, like even if the words are sprightly and cheery, people feel that Mm -hmm. people feel that it's like, have you ever received a text and you're like, what the fuck was up that person's butt, Mm. you know? And so it's important to, to have these conversations and empower people. Like you said, if you don't enjoy this, let's either work on the root issue emotionally together. Like, what is it? It's frustration. Are you feeling, are you not feeling validated? Can I validate you more as a leader? You know, you have those conversations. I think that's so important. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been a journey. I'm, I'm also in a new relationship and I'll just share a tiny story about, cause it connects to this integrity piece where I, I've hired somebody to help us grow the podcast and take over sort of the SEO stuff that doesn't light me up. And we were having this meeting in, and I was on zoom in the kitchen and my partner was kind of just doing other things in the kitchen, but he was kind of overhearing this whole conversation and later on, he gave me the most beautiful com- compliment. And he said, I loved when they were suggesting to you that, cause you know, with SEO, it's like, okay, these robots scan the show notes for the key, the search terms and, yeah but it only scans like the first part. So like, if you have really long show notes, like we do on my show, because I like to be very detailed and give people all the resources as I know you do too, because you give them in your newsletter, it only scans the first bit. So the piece of feedback I was getting for my show is you really should bump up anything that you want to sell to the top and, you know, talk about your courses, talk about all your sponsorships, put that before the guest bio and before all the timestamps and, And I was like, with love and respect, no. (laughs) You know, I said, because I would rather this show grow slowly and steadily based on the organic inspiration and the integrity of it than make more money because I put things at the top so the robot could scan it. Mm. And it was just something that I didn't think twice about. It was just like, this is the way that I want to do it. And it was so beautiful to have my partner pick out such a nuanced detail of a moment, seeing me do what I do. And and that reflection was, was just gorgeous to receive.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. How'd you get into podcasting? What's the, what's the initial, cause it's, I feel like it's a new hot thing. Everybody wants to get into it. and I feel like it's a growing, booming industry, but how, what's your origin story? Why did you decide to to share your stories this way?
1: Um, I had great resistance and I do not feel like I chose podcasting. I feel like it chose me. And this goes back to my first ceremonies with ayahuasca. So that would have been May of 2019. So wow, two years ago, Mm -hmm. I sat with ayahuasca for the first time and everything has shifted since then. Everything, everything, where I'm living, what I'm doing, who I'm spending my time around, how I'm making money and i was in a really tricky period of my life and i was hustling living in new york city building my startup lunar wild and some days like i had decided to to leave a pretty fluffy career working in the homes of celebrities and looking after their children traveling with them you know no expense spared it was just like
0: Sounds like a good life. It,
1: it it was, but it was, it was, um, grinding and it, my ego kept me in it for a while. Cause I was like, anyone would be so lucky to have this job, be grateful, <laughs> grinding, grinding. Okay. You're working 60 hours a week, but yeah, I remember how like lucky you are. And I was kind of lying to myself cause I didn't love it. Like I, I was like, organizing closets and I was like, I feel like I have more to my my gifts and my soul than this.
0: That's a good point because I think a lot of people are maybe in that point in their life where they definitely have at some point in their life. And how do you know, like distinguish the difference between that voice, that resistance and knowing when there's something deeper in you telling you to to maybe do a shift or head into the unknown or this isn't exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And like that inner Dialogue. How do you know what's true and what's not?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, it comes back to the feeling in your body. So like think of when you're in a conversation and someone's trying to convince you of something really hard. And there's a lot of that going on right now in the current landscape. So someone's trying to convince you of something, you can feel it. And you watch your own body language kind of close up and be like, oh, they are just not seeing me right now. That's kind of, I mean, I don't want to call it mansplaining, but you know, that feeling when someone's just like, okay, they're just spurting words at me. We do that to ourselves. We talk ourselves in and out of things all the time. So if you can pay attention to the stories that you're creating around why you should stay or why you should leave and feel the difference within your body, when you just say some basic statements, like I'm going to stay in this job, pause oof, do you get a sinking feeling in your stomach or just your, right. (laughs) The word job. (laughs) Like, you know, or it's like, I'm going to go do X, Y, Z, whatever that dream is. You know, I don't have to tell you. It's not about me telling you, you can feel it. That is the indicator. Now I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's a smooth road. It might be, but it may not be. But what's the trade-off? Like if you never do it.
0: What's the you, risk of not doing you it? you want to
1: live with that sinking feeling mm. in your living, in your body, in your cells, like your whole energetic field for the rest of your life? I don't think you do. So it starts with being open to the possibility that it can be different. You don't have to come up with all the solutions right away. In fact, if I had thought about managing a team of five people and traveling all around, and do, like, that would have overwhelmed me for sure at that point. So it's not about the whole picture although sometimes it's great to allow yourself to go into a deep visualization of like your ultimate picture and and with the purpose again of feeling the feelings in your body so if you if you want to be an author if you want to have your own podcast if you want to be leading retreats whatever it is you want to do to help people heal in your own unique way visualize yourself at the pinnacle of that and like just sink into how good it feels. Fear thoughts might pop up and you say, okay, thank you. I see you. And you go, you root back to the feeling. And if you can sustain that, like for maybe 20 seconds, just rehearsing the gratitude within your body, that's the way we slowly entrain ourselves to the possibility of these things coming in. You cannot attract your ultimate timeline, your ultimate future, if you're not open to it and Mm -hmm. your mind is so powerful, if you tell yourself that's not likely, that's not even possible, it won't be.
0: And sometimes you don't know, right? It's like that the choice is between, do I stay in this job that I know in my body? It doesn't feel right. I'm staying in this relationship when I know it's just 99% there, but it's just just something in me telling. And the other option is the unknown. Like there's, wait, what is it? I don't have a vision And there's a lot, you know, I like to say that universe rewards those courageous enough to follow their hearts, even if their heart's leading them into the unknown and they don't know what's next. And that kind of brings us back to your story. Like you didn't think you're going to be a podcaster. You didn't Mm. think, but you went into the unknown and now you have this team of five and you're, you're scaling this really amazing podcast and you're starting to step into this, this thing that really wasn't a vision. So there's this aspect of surrendering into what the universe is calling you towards as well. And I want to get your perspective. Like, what is that? that whisper within us what is that thing that is calling us?
1: Mm, I mean for me, that thing it has a million names. You could call it God. you could call it your guides. you could call it your higher self. But the desire to call it something is just the mind trying to understand something, which is okay because we're in this human experience. That's what we're doing. That's the mind's function. But, and this is the same too, when people talk about like extraterrestrials and stuff, they're like, do you believe in extraterrestrials? Do you think you are one? Do you think I am one? Do you think, what what kind of extraterrestrial? I'm like, listen, we can create any stories we want. What really matters is how we feel how you feel is a powerful indicator your emotions are a powerful indicator so do i know do i have a name for that whisper not really i think it's it's i think it's my higher self guiding me when i can get quiet enough and it sounds very different than the voice of the mind so I talk about this on my podcast as well. Like, how do we start cultivating our intuition? What does that look like? How can we practice that? And as you say, you know, what's the rep to, mm-hmm. to practice that? And for me, the higher self slash heart space slash intuition speaks very calmly. It's not punishing. It gives you a sense of rightness within your body when you hear it. Even if it's saying no, there's an acceptance there to it on some level. And the intuition or the higher self speaks in very succinct, clear, usually short messages. So it's a little whisper like, do it. You know what you have to do. Believe, trust, keep going, open your heart, Lean in, breathe with the discomfort. That's how it speaks. The mind speaks in longer sentences that are usually a little bit more fast paced. They're often coming a mile a minute and they're talking you in and out. They're weighing pros and cons. The intuition doesn't weigh pros and cons. Mm. The intuition isn't like, well, but if I do this, maybe this will happen. No, that's the mind. So if you're in that space, you're recognizing that voice. That's the invitation to go sit and let the discomfort and like you want to get up and you're jiggling and it's you have energy, excess energy in your mind space. So try to breathe, ground it down, place your hands on your body, massage different parts of your body. Like really be like, am I here? Am I here? Am I here? It may t- might take a little while, but that's how you get in touch is, is by finding that inner quiet.
0: Yeah. I think it's a big challenge to, to, to trust it, right? Because most of the time that that inner whisper or knowing or feeling is calling you to something outside your comfort zone. You know, for me, it's like I have all these moments I look back on my football career when I felt this intuitive call to step up as a leader. It's like, okay, this is the time to give a speech, or this is the time to maybe call this guy out that's not necessarily doing what's best for the team. And in those moments, I felt this call and I just felt this rush of like anxiety or like adrenaline of like, oh man, can I step up in this way? And I played small and I decided not to. And nobody else knew that, but I knew that. And when I finally walked away from the game, and this is all me just processing this through my own healing journey, realizing that the part of the reason there's a lot of different layers that I hit the road and, you know, kind of traveled the country. Part of it was to find myself and who I was in relation to football but there was an aspect of me that was kind of running away from it because I knew I'd never really reached my fullest potential because I never stepped up in that leadership capacity like I, I fe- kept feeling called to. And it's fascinating how the universe works. Cause like you said, it's it's not gonna be, you know, mad at us. It's 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 very compassionate and it's patient. And as I travel the road and you know, two years down, down the line, I ask myself, okay, what's my purpose? What am I here to do? And the, the intuitive hit is like you got to start this community for former athletes and you got to show up for them and you got to step up as a leader. And when that came to me, when I started asking the question, how can I be of service? What's my purpose? And that just kept being the the intuitive hit. And I was like, no, like I don't want to do this. And there's so much fear in that because not only do I have to go step up as a leader, but I have to bring all this work that I've learned about to this group of guys that I was kind of running away from. And I had to confront that fear and I had to work through it and through that own resistance. And I continued to push myself, towards that edge of comfort, because I know on the other side of that comfort zone, on the other side of fear lies freedom. And that's usually, you know, I I call it the compass, right? If you're trying to figure out what you're meant to do in life, like think about what you desire. And if you feel that resistance and fear, that's probably the thing that you should be going towards.
1: Mm, Totally. And just to add to that, I think at least for myself, I spent so much time and I still struggle with this sometimes. Being so hard on myself. And if there's people listening to this that are like, oh God, I know the thing that I have to do that they're talking about right now. And I just am not ready. And then they go into a second, like a tailspin over the fact that they're not ready and they're not doing the thing that they know they should be doing. I want to invite you to just hit the brakes on that and understand that no matter what no matter what you will get to where you're supposed to go you will get to where you're supposed to go even if you never do that thing you will learn things other things you will learn about regret or you will learn about deepening family like it could be it could be a variety of things so don't listen to these messages and feel like You have to go out and dump your security tomorrow and go after your dream. You can, if that's what you feel called to do, but to just trust that everything is happening and you will get there when you're ready, Mm. when you're ready, because to do it before you're fully ready. And this is different than like feeling resistance and not doing it. Like we know when we're bullshitting ourselves, Mm. but the, the vibration of like pushing yourself into something is just a different form of resistance. It's another Mm. mask. It's a forcing and it's a lack of self-love. So be compassionate with where you are in your journey. If you're feeling resistance for something, turn toward it and say, okay, I feel resistance to starting this thing. Why? Because I'm the main breadwinner for our family. And I feel scared that if I change careers, I'm going to put my wife and child in financial jeopardy. That's real. Sit with that. Feel that out. Feel that through from the beginning of that thread till the end. Grieve if you need to. And then center back with yourself and just ask that voice, that calm-rooted voice, whatever you call it, God, higher self, spirit, great spirit, show me what I need to know right now. No more, no less. To align with my highest good and the highest good of all mankind, show me how to use my gifts to be of service. Right now, what is the next step? Hmm. Just the next step.
0: Yeah, I think that's a big distinction too, right? Is when we when we shift the 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 narrative from what do I need to do for myself or my family or what's close for me to to showing up how can I be of service to the greater good? And when we, when we do that, I know from my personal experience, it wasn't until I started asking the question, how can I be of service that I, I I was, I was answered like God, the creator, this existence, whatever you want to call it, whatever word you want to use that energy. It's like, okay, like I'll use you because we are all one. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love the, um, like there is no rush until I started really fully understanding the infinite nature of reality. That's when I started really having deep compassion for other people and realizing like if someone's really in their story, really deep in their trauma, really triggered, really like resistant to like doing what they're called to do, doing the job, whatever it is, I can look at them and be like, hey, man, there's no rush. Yeah. You got infinity to go. Yeah, Take your time. And once you start really understanding that, it, it for me, it, it's really taken back like this, this sense of urgency really to really just slow down and just be in the moment and trust what's coming through. And it wasn't until I really did Bufo for the first time when I actually understood what infinity was. I experienced it viscerally. I mean, I was connected to all that is. And I always thought, you know, I always I read all these books, these philosophies, these spiritual teachings, these everything. And I understand it intellectually and conceptually. We are all one, all these teachings. And I always thought okay infinity for that to exist especially in my christian upbringing where like you know you from what you believe you're either going to spend eternity in hell or eternity in heaven right you have that choice and that's forever and so that my 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 journey to understand this was like okay you believe that your your soul's born in this human life you have this blink of an eye existence and in this existence you're basically going to choose whether you just spend the rest of eternity Moving forward linearly, but there there can't be a beginning point to eternity. It has to go forever in both ways, and so that's what I started thinking. It wasn't until I experienced bufo, which is five meo DMT, which is a ta- the the toad frog venom. Alvarez. Bufo
1: alvaris. Yeah. Bufo
0: alvaris, and I, I'm excited to kind of hear your experience <laughs> around this as well. When I actually understood what infinity is, and the only place infinity exists is the present moment, because it always is now. It's not something that takes place on a linear time scale. That's not what infinity is. It's not, it's not time period. It's the present moment and fully experiencing that. I remember when I like first went into the experience, I just was laughing. I was like, oh, it makes sense to me. I get it because I was in it. And even now me talking about it, I've already forgotten <laughs> how quickly. Yeah. Let's talk about psychedelics a little bit and you know the power that they've had on your life and your journey of understanding and healing.
1: Yeah. Well, going back to the question you asked before about how I got into podcasting, um, I was talking about the thought room. And so I'll just share quickly about how that was birthed. And when I went to go drink ayahuasca for the first time, I had all these intentions and they were mostly centered around what I was building at the time. So it was like, show me what's going on with Lunar Wild and how I bring this to the next level. And I've told this story before on my podcast and the metaphor I always use is like on the basketball court, a slow motion dunk shot. And then me with my intention is like going in for the dunk. And then ayahuasca was like, no, and just like (laughs) blocked it. And what I was shown had nothing to do with what I was building. It was like, nope, you're not doing that right now. And so the first few layers were me working through my control, working through my resistance. Like, no, I've been pouring my blood, sweat, and tears into growing this baby company for three years and I don't want to let it go. Okay. Work with that. So I had to work with that, like actively, probably an hour in ceremony, breathing through it, suffering with it, purging a little before the portals opened to the other visions, and what was coming through, and I kind of affectionately refer to this as the mantra voice, and it, it is kind of like that higher self or God voice that comes in for me sometimes in ceremony where there's not a lot that's being said, but there's a message and it's being repeated. It's being repeated over and over. And this particular ceremony, I think it was my second ceremony with ayahuasca, I went deeper than I had ever thought was possible. Little did I know, it goes a lot deeper than that. But this particular ceremony, my mind was blown open and I experienced the weight of the suffering of the world. I remember just weeping, going like, people are hurting. It brings me to tears even now to think about. And so I, I let that, like the suffering, Pass through my body. And I was a little mad too. I was like, why are you showing me this? This is so heavy. And what can I do? And that was the piece that shifted it because I could have gotten stuck in like, God, we're, we're lost cause here on planet earth. Right.
0: It's easy to think that, right?
1: but I turned toward the light or the mm. question in my heart, which is like, how do I help? and what came through was like the word podcast. I remember hearing that in ceremony and going, no, I did not fly down to the jungle, you know, drink this Amazonian brew to just have my ego tell me I'm going to start a podcast, you know? And so I tried to push it away. And it just looped for probably an hour, and it was podcast, more medicine, time, podcast, more medicine. And I was like, I can't even stand up right now. There's no way I can drink more medicine. It was just like time. So I knew I was going to be returning. I knew I was going to be going back. I had two more ceremonies that week, and one of them was this, and. and I think in one more of the ceremonies that that word podcast came back in again and I was like all right I wrote it down in my integration notes like this is something I should look into doing as a hobby. And the other most powerful experience that happened that week was this this vision I I drank a, cu- a cup or so of ayahuasca and I really dropped into this everything space. And it picture, picture being in a complete void. There's no light. There's no darkness because like there's no duality. It's just, it is dark, but there's nothing. And I was experiencing the most profound peace in that nothingness. Now, some people reach that nothingness and they get really scared. They get really jarred. Yeah. You're pointing to yourself. (laughs) um for me it was a reprieve it was like this cosmic oasis where I was like oh finally my mind has shut up there's Mm. nothing here and as I had that thought I watched my gratitude bloom like a kaleidoscope of colors in the abyss in front of me and it was like wow this is such a cool experience and then like a little droplet of paint almost like whimsical Dr. Seuss, like colors started to just spurt out in all directions and create these fractal patterns around what felt like me or my essence. But at that point, you know, I'm in the inner space. I have no body. I can't really like feel my body, but I just felt like I was being encompassed and enveloped in this like gorgeous pulsing rainbow of prismatic light. And I'm looking at it And I'm feeling this openness in my body and this breath that feels effortless. I'm feeling no pain in my physical body that's somewhere off in a distant (laughs) echo of of the corners of some reality. Just dissolve somewhere. But I didn't feel pain Mm. for like, you know, we don't realize how much we're carrying around until we don't feel it. And I was like, wow, this is such a great experience. And the more that I breathed into it, the more beautiful and complex the fractal patterns got. And then I had a follow up thought, which was like, "Oh shit! I wish I had someone to share this with." And this seed of loneliness was planted. And the moment that that happened, I watched that kaleidoscope drain out all its color and become very tight and constrictive. And like, I was like, "Oh God, what have I done? I don't like this like feeling." And then I had an awareness like that I was like, "You can change it by changing your thought." And then I had another thought, which was like, you know what? I actually really like being by myself. I love hanging out with myself. I am so fun. And I, and I had that. And then the, the room, you know, the kaleidoscope room built itself again around me. It was pulsing. It felt good. And this was an epiphany for me because people talk about the power of our thoughts And even that is a very mental construction and the most critical thing that, that any of these plant medicines have have taught me is like, none of this means anything unless we integrate it and embody it because we wouldn't be incarnate into these 3d physical bodies if we weren't meant to use them for this, the vehicle for this experience. So we can try to do all these spiritual practices to escape our physical bodies, to ascend and to awaken out of them. But I don't believe that's the point. I believe the point is to touch God and to bring it back to be alive within the bodies that we have here. Beautiful. So, so, so I had written down in my integration notes, remember the thought rooms. And when you are having an experience that you don't like, that doesn't feel good within your body, build a different room, build a different thought room. And so I just jotted that down in my notes casually as like a reminder for myself of how I can control and steer my thoughts to live a different reality. And then later, a couple of weeks later, when I was like, what am I going to call this hobby podcast? I'm going to start and interview my friends. I read back and I saw the name, I hear your son crying yeah, in the yeah, background. No, it's Luca, if you guys Hi. can hear him. Hi, Luca. Getting
0: his diaper changed.
1: Um, I I, I read it and I was like, The Thought Room, that's the name of the show. That's the name of the show. And so that's the story.
0: That's where it was all born.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Wow. Yeah, I definitely hadn't, uh, a lot came up there uh, when you were talking, just dropping into your experience and I was able to to feel. I mean, you're such a good storyteller, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. But I, I had an experience when I was in that, that infinite void of darkness. And <clears throat> it was really frightening because the medicine hit, hits me really late. I've, I've done 13 ayahuasca ceremonies now and have a, a relationship with the medicine. I know that I just metabolize it late for some reason. And that ceremony specifically was down at Soltara. The medicine came on really strong right when the ceremony was over. So I went up to my room and I like locked myself in my room. So there's really nothing grounding me to this reality. And I was, I drank a lot of medicine and I was just going in and out of that infinite void. And in that void, I, I was everything and nothing. Right. And it's really hard to, to comprehend if you haven't experienced it. And I could, anything I could think of, like you're talking about any thought I had, I would, I could create and I would be, I started becoming that thing. But then when I did that, I started losing all sense of myself. And so I'd like come back into my body and I'd be like, whoa. Like, and it was frightening because I, I was literally dissolving into not even having a self. And as I did that, I kept coming back into my body. And it was really frightening because I'd come back in my body like, okay, this will pass. It's okay. Like, you're okay. You're safe. And then I would like kind of blast off again. And then I, it was like this loop. And I kept coming back into myself. And at one point, I came back into myself and I was like, this will pass. And I, I didn't know what would pass. Like I was like, wait, what am I even saying? Cause I had lost all sense of myself and a lot of profound insights came from that experience because one of them being that I was questioning, like, why am I here? And I've always had this deep, deep uh, seeker of truth within me, this deep need to know the truth, know the answer to the universe. I mean, it's what this podcast is all about, like questioning it, the unanswerable questions of the universe and asking those and in that moment, I, I, I had touched it. Like, this is it. Like, this is this is the answer, it's infinite. You are infinite, you're a part of inf- infinity, Like, and there is no knowing, it, it all is. And in that moment, it was really grounding for me. So I was like, what am I searching for? And I think a lot of people, you know, especially in our community and on this path and, and in psychedelics, and this is where we have to be careful, is psychedelics can be another escape from reality. And one of my friends, I think it might've been Dr. Mike actually told me this, or somebody. I was like, why would I want to keep living in those psychedelic spaces when that is where I'm at in infinity? Like the real gift is this human experience. Yes. Like we have infinity to live in that infinite void of creation and we choose to come into these 3D physical bodies to have an experience. I want to spend my time here living this experience.
1: Yes. Yes. That reminds me of sort of another... I think it was my 13th, my 12th or 13th ayahuasca ceremony. It ties to what you're saying about why would I want to, why would I want to stay out there, you know, in the ethers. And I had this experience where I was connecting with some incredibly high frequencies that were almost too much for my physical body to handle. And I felt like it was a complete initiation into a different life happening. It remains one of the most powerful ceremonies I've ever had. And I was shown the scope of my life and all of the things that I have done and will do, both pleasant and in the realm of suffering. And the immensity of it cannot be described in a handful of words, obviously, but I was also panicking as I was being shown all these things because it felt like a handful of like trying to hold a handful of sand and then trying to be aware of every single grain. Like they were just passing through my fingertips and I was like, I can't hold all this information and the teaching or that, that voice again was just like, trust that you'll remember what you need to. We're just showing you what's possible and what's coming. And I was thinking about, I had to confront once again some of the gnarly things I'd been through and go into situations of suffering, of extreme poverty, of dealing with Lyme's disease and chronic inflammation and not being able to get up. I had to revisit times of deep depression when I wanted to take my own life or intense heartbreak, or feeling so lost and crying in a ball on on the bottom of the shower, saying, I don't know if there is a God, but like, please end this pain. And I don't care how it ends. And feeling that kind of all delivered to me at once in like a tiny little capsule of pain that reverberated through my entire body and turning toward these teachers, you know, this voice saying, why? why? There's no way that I agreed to this. And the response was like, you agreed to this. I'm like, why the fuck would I agree to live through that? Why would I want that? Like, why would I choose that? And then they showed me Almost like a commercial for planet Earth. It was like all the beautiful things about being alive in these tiny little quick cuts on top of one another, like bees buzzing and beautiful flowers, and this expansive aerial shot of the ocean and swimming in the ocean naked and making love and eating food with your hands and sunsets and like babies being born and like kissing someone that you love after being gone for a long time. And like, like these memories just, you know, of my life and other lives just all stacked on top of one another. And my beingness exploded with this understanding that our emotions, our feelings, they hold the key to something very sacred because on these other planes, we don't get to feel or learn through emotion in the same way. There's just love, like in these higher realms, there's just love, which is, it's an emotion, it's a feeling, but it's, it's pretty much like you said, we're just existing in this other space in a constant state of love. And what we're doing here is like, sometimes we can tune our frequency to like connect to that being or that alternate version of ourself to feel that embodiment of love. But there's so much too to be learned from the not so easy bits of life. And fortunately or unfortunately, human beings catalyze their learning through suffering. Think about the things that have hurt you the most in your life. They have probably taught you a great deal. And so in order to bite into the true juiciness of all that living on planet earth in 3D in the year 2021 is, I must accept the shadow parts, the dark parts, difficult parts, the heaviness, all of it, because it is all part of this experience. And to push it away means I'm cutting myself off from those darker emotions, which also means I'm cutting myself off from unbridled love and joy. You cannot cut off some of your feelings. It's not how it works. You're either open or you're not. So that was a huge, huge lesson for me and really reframed how I thought about or resented or regretted anything that had happened in my past. I now understood that it's all a training.
0: Mm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And that leads us, you know, into, and I'm sure there's, there's you sharing that there's a lot of people, especially now, right. With what's going on in the world. Um, and where we're at as a, as a humanity, as a culture, as a society, there's a lot of question marks. Right. And so, you know, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what do you think? You know, I feel there's this collective shift happening. It's easy to look out in the world and see all the pain, the suffering, the fear, the narrative that's being told, the 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 power that we're giving away as as individuals and collectively. Like what? And I very much, I feel that too. I feel the heaviness of the world. And that's why I feel so called to show up and and be of service in any way that I can. Because I think once you start waking up to yourself and, you know, the divine spark within you ignites, there's nothing to do but to show up and be of service in any way that you're being called to. But it's hard and it's hard to for, for most people to look out in the world and see, like, yeah, we're gonna be okay. Or, you know, even the narrative that some people say, I can't wait till it gets back to normal, which I walk around even outside of my neighborhood and I I just think about it all the time. Like life isn't going back to normal. Like things have shifted in a dramatic way. And there's a lot of unknown ahead, you know, and and I'm an optimist. I look at it. I say, buckle up. This is going to be one hell of a ride, but you know, just for the listeners, like what, what do you think is going to happen? And what, what can we do?
1: That's a great question. And I am not going to pretend that I'm wise enough to know what's going to happen, but I do understand how we can contribute. And that is, we are the ones writing this story. So the world wakes up when we all decide we want to wake up. The world changes when we decide we want to change. If we fixate on what we don't like, we will create more of that for our experience, because where attention goes, energy flows, and we see we see that on the micro in our day to day lives. Like when you don't want something to happen, it kind of does. You know, if you're like, "Oh, I'm running out of money," okay, I'm like,
0: "It's like the classic example. Don't think about a monkey right now." Yeah, like, exactly. what you Think about a monkey. Like,
1: don't picture your kitchen. You just did. I literally just did. Right. Yeah. So what I understand about creating this new version of the world that we want to see comes from very disciplined focus by each and every individual on that ultimate picture of what it looks like. We have to keep the faith. We have to keep pouring our energy in the direction of expansion and love and again, you'll know if you're on the right track from how you feel in your body, waking up on a day-to-day basis as you're doing your work. Do you feel open? Is your breathing steady? Are you enjoying? Do you do, you, do you leave with a client or whatever your work is and do you feel filled up? Do you feel like you're contributing? Do you feel like it is a coin in the piggy bank of this ideal version of humanity that you're holding somewhere in the back burner of your heart and of your mind? So That is the invitation. The invitation is to, if you feel fear about the unknown of the future, first recognize it, allow it. You must honor your experience of being human first before we, you know, we can bypass it just to go like, no, it's all light and love. No. We're in these physical bodies. They experience emotions. Stuck emotions get stored in our bodies as disease and all of these other things. You must release that energy first. And it comes from a place of total self acceptance and compassion. We are not ascended out of these physical bodies. If you were, you wouldn't be here. So until you're fully ascended, like you have to get back to self love. And that comes with honoring your emotions. So acknowledge, hey, yes, okay. I'm afraid of the future. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe like, go have a cry about that. Maybe write about it. Find some way to put a rose on the grave of that, of that feeling until it's ready. Not before it's ready. Just sometimes these things are like weeks or months or maybe even a year process, but just hold on to the intention that it will shift. Mm. Right. That's the difference. Like when I would go through my deep depressions, They come almost yearly still, and they have a lot to teach me every time they come. And what I've started shifting into is now when they come, I have this agreement with the depression. I go, okay, I understand you're here to teach me something. I will allow the experience of this grief and sadness to transmute. You can sit with me, but you may not stay. So teach me the lessons, and then we'll move on. And that's the agreement that I have to not suffer unduly, but to understand that the suffering is a part of living. So yeah. So just honoring the fear that comes up around the unknown and then being very, very conscious to refocus yourself every time you can pattern break. If you feel fear around anything, feel it, say, okay, this is how I don't want to feel. Flip the coin this is how I want to feel. And then you do that practice that we discussed in the beginning of trying for 20 seconds to feel the embodiment of something that makes you feel more expansive. That makes your heart rate slow down and makes your breathing settle.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, what you're talking about here and it all really comes back to self-awareness, right? And I think that's a big problem with the world that we've created because, you know, nothing's going to shift until we realize that we are the creators of our own reality. And you, you go from being the victim of your circumstance to the creator and it, everything opens up, but it takes a self-awareness of the stories within and to really honor those and observe them and give them space and, you know, shift them. And I think a lot of people aren't even to that point, right? Even like you do talk about depression and, you know, this mental health crisis that's going on and people think they're sick, which, you know, maybe it's a sickness of, you know, spiritual Health and belief in something greater, but they go to like medication or they numb out with different things and they don't actually show up. They give their power away to something outside themselves. And for me, you know, there's it's easy to talk to you about this stuff and and we're able to hold space for one another. And, you know, you see somebody on the street that's not necessarily in that same. Self-aware mode—they're very much in their story, and their energy is very dense, and you can feel it. And maybe they get triggered at you, and they spew that negative energy on you, and and you just feel it viscerally in your body. Like how how do we show up in a world that feels like it's just kind of constricting around us?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I don't know if you want to share, but I'm, when you're asking this question, I'm thinking about what happened yeah. to you in You the want me to air... share? Yeah, because that, that'll give context for actually the <clears> advice <throat> that I gave on the voice note that yeah. I left you.
0: Yeah. So I was, so I drove my van. So, okay, I'll, I'll do a little plug too. If anybody's looking for a van, my van is for sale. Um, I'm going to put a little YouTube video out there. So if you're interested, reach out to me on Instagram, joe.holly. And, uh, but I drove my van down to Florida because the guy that built it lives down there his shop's down there and he's going to fix it up and get it ready for the new owner so they can go on their new Epic adventure and keep the journey going. So I drove it down there and obviously I have a new baby here. So I wanted to drive down there and fly back. And it's, I think it's fascinating. You know, some, I guess most people maybe are staying put in their same space throughout this entire kind of pandemic. I've traveled a little bit just around the country and I find it fascinating that different pockets of the country have these different, you know, basically depending on the kind of political leaning side of where you're at, you know, in Austin here, it's a little bit more left-leaning. Everybody's wearing masks, even though the state of Texas is like very, you know, even the governor lifted the mask mandate, but in just concentrated in Austin, like masks is very much still a thing. I drove to Florida and I found it really fascinating. I would go into the grocery store or like, as I was kind of traveling around and Maybe like 50% were wearing masks, 50% weren't, but it wasn't a big deal. Like if you, it was your own choice. If you wanted to wear a mask, you protect yourself, that's fine. But it wasn't this like kind of publicly shaming people for not wearing their mask. And we can, I mean, we could probably talk a whole podcast about that. And there's freedom whining for everybody, part of the family. Um, and so I'm flying back, um, from Florida and, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big believer in the mask. I think there's a lot of research out there saying that they're not, they don't actually help, um. And they actually there's some science out there saying that they harm because there's microfibers and all this stuff. And so I got really kind of irritated when I was on the plane because Delta kept saying, you know, make sure you wear your mask over your mouth and nose. And they they were kind of like using this, this like, you know, for our safety, we have to go home and you know, our families are in date. And there's just like they kept like saying it over the loudspeaker. And I'm just like, wow, like it's just they're just pushing this narrative and it was really kind of firing me up. But I was, you know, I was, I was respectful. I'm not trying to like make a point or anything. Like I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm going to respect your boundaries, but just the story of it, like just irritated me because like, this is what's the problem. The collective narrative is so controlled to this one thing. And it like most people don't, can't even question that they don't break out of it. And so when I got, finally got home, it was two flights. It was kind of all day in the airport. So I have this mask on. And I finally get home and I'm walking through the Austin airport and it's kind of later. So there's not really anybody in the airport except for the people walking off my flight. And so I'm like, you know, I'm just going to take this mask off. So I take this mask off and I start walking. And then this lady behind me says, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. And I I thought she was looking at me and I kind of turned around and she like was kind of walked by me to these two TSA agents that were walking. She goes, excuse me, he's not wearing his mask. He's not wearing his mask. And I was like, are you serious? And then they were like, yeah, we don't care. And they kept walking. And then she like, it was probably a good, I don't know, 500 yards, like quite a distance till we got to like where we were exiting. And so we were walking next to each other and she started just, kind of berating me, like, why don't, why do you think you don't have to wear a mask? Like, you don't think you have to follow societal norms? Like, and I was like, Hey, listen, like, you know, what's, what's coming up for you. And like, I, cause I didn't know how to handle it, but I knew that like, okay, my, this is her energy and this is my energy, but I was, I felt it viscerally in my body. I was like, Oh my God, this is intense. And so I, I tried to take a couple of breaths. I was like, how do I respond to this? And so I tried to reflect and get her to be curious about her feelings and realize like that's just triggered her even more. And I was like, you know, like, what's coming up for you? Like, why are you feeling this way? And she's like, Don't use your therapy bullshit on me. I was like, Okay, that's not working. And so I tried to breathe some more. And then we kind of just walked and I was like, you know what? Like, and then I said, You don't have to be in fear. And I think that triggered her even more. She's like, I'm not in fear like that. And I'm like realizing she's not hearing me. She's so triggered. And I'm starting to feel triggered. I'm trying to like be calm. And so I'm just walking. And I was actually listening to a voice note from you. And so I was like trying to 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 listen to that while she's kind of in my ear walking. And we kind of cool off and we're just walking. And all of a sudden she like felt the need to continue. And she's like you think you think you need to follow societal norms like you might as well not have pants on. I was like what? She's like yeah just take your pants off. Just take your pants off and I was like oh my gosh this woman's like losing her shit. Right. And I was like 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 listen to yourself like and I couldn't even have like an intelligent conversation with her. And you know I've I've very much been around you know, my friends, my family, like in this thing. And so I guess you kind of create your own bubble and your energy attracts your tribe. And so I haven't really been around interacting with people in that way. And it was very, it it made me really sad that like, there is a lot of people out there in that kind of headspace and that energy. And, you know, I just, I, I don't know how to respond to that. I don't know how, like, cause even now people are probably listening to this and they're, they're getting triggered either one way or the other because of the narrative. And it's like, you have to choose a side when it comes to this. And so, yeah, I just, it made me feel very, uh, triggered in the moment. And I definitely, i voice noted you after I was like, Hey, this, this kind of just happened. I need to process this because yeah. it just was so jolting. Um, but yeah, like how did, like, I feel like there's a lot of people out there in that space and, and you know, I, don't, I don't know how to have that conversation in the moment yeah. and, and how to shift that kind of, I just wish people would question more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's difficult to talk to anyone about anything when they're caught in a state of trance. And we all get caught in our own states of trance. It's like this woman, there's probably very little that you could say. If like on on a standpoint of like, Hey, let's exchange literature that you have, or like, let's look at peer reviewed studies because she wasn't in a place of being emotionally calm. Um, so that makes it really difficult. And there's always this question too. It's like, Uh, do I want to be right or do I want to create closeness? And sometimes that's the, that's the choice. (laughs) And you know what your beliefs are. That conversation is probably not going to change your mind about how you feel. So the next question is like, how do I protect my energy? How do I, you know, hold my boundary and, and proceed with love? And I want to share a little story about when you were talking this kind of came through this was years and years ago when I was in um, New York City walking through one of the parks and I saw a man at a table with a sign that said does god exist I was like cool I wonder what he's doing over here <laughs> So I went over.
0: It's been an interesting conversation to have. Yeah,
1: yeah. And you know, I was in a place of like I was going somewhere. I didn't have I did I had a lot of time and I was just kind of like casually going throughout my day. And so does God exist? So I come up to the table and he asked me, Do you believe in God? I said, Yes, of course. And he goes, What's your relationship with God? I said, God's all around me. I said, God is in me, He's all around me, He's in. This guy, he's in the air I breathe, he's in my body, he's in the trees, he's everywhere. God's everything. And and this guy starts telling me about heaven, and hell, and he starts telling me about, well, actually his energy shifted because at first, you know, when I said, yeah, I believe in God, I talked to God every day he was all bright and like, oh, that's wonderful. And he goes, what's your relationship with God? I said all that about nature and the connection to my spirit. And he shifted immediately and he started to get a little nasty. And he started to say, so you, you, you're just one of those tree huggers and you believe like God's over there in that tree. And like, do you know what's going to happen to your soul and all of this stuff? And the energy got really uncomfortable and he tried to and i said you know what thank you so much i was like i'm i'm going to be done with this conversation now and he goes wait 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 i want you to take this book and he tried to take hand me a book of the teachings um from this particular religious sect and i looked him in the eyes and i said i'm not going to take your book and i'm going to tell you why I said, I may have taken the book in the beginning. And I said, do you think God is loving? He said, yeah, God is love. I said, so what does God look like on earth? How would God meet me at this table right now? Would God meet me with the energy that you met me with? Would he tell me that I was wrong, that I was shameful? Or would he meet me with love? No matter what costume I was wearing, what mood I was in, what mask I was wearing this day, how would God meet me if he were next to you? I said, in the beginning, you were very kind. You met me with love. And I said, then you tried to control my experience and you met me with guilt and shame. I said, that's not my God. And I looked him right in the eyes and I watched him break my gaze and his head just fell. And he almost nodded like a bow at me and he didn't say another word. And I turned around and I left and I could tell that that conversation had an impact on that man and that I'd never seen him again, but that he for just a moment paused to reflect how he was meeting me. So I tell that story so that we can bring that sort of energy into our relations with other people who have different ideas as us. And we meet them with respect in the same way that we'd want to be met And yet we hold our boundary with where our beliefs are. And if there's an opening, we can exchange curiosities. We can exchange information because when we feel charged around something, it's really just means that there's something we care deeply about that part of our identity is bundled around. And so Mm -hmm. the fact of someone questioning that makes us question an aspect of our entire identity and that's unsettling. So if we can just from a psychological standpoint, understand that your conversation with mass with this woman if she were to be wrong would shake a lot of other aspects of her life that she's built on right now mm. i have compassion for that you Absolutely. Know? and so if we can find that space so much healing is possible wow
0: that's beautiful thank you for sharing that and uh Definitely want to leave it at that because I think that's such an impactful story and I think it sums up a lot of, you know, what I try to try to share and teach and talk about, you know, and, and it's funny talking about, you know, even Christianity and coming full circle from my upbringing with that kind of God and really understanding and re-knowing Jesus, that's what he was teaching was that loving presence that compassion for anybody and even talks like the big stories that they talk about in churches who do you hang around the sinners the the prostitutes the tax collect like the scum of the earth and he was there loving them and so to really understand that i think is to really touch what it means to be enlightened and i really appreciate you sharing that because i think that's i know i learned a lot from it and i hope that the listeners did as well and I could talk to you forever, Ali.
1: I love you, Joe. We'll just have to do more of these. Yeah, right. Sure? The cool
0: thing is, we both have our own podcast, and yes. we just we do and what we, will, we want. We
1: live six minutes away from each other. Yes. So.
0: I appreciate you so much. Thank you. I love you. I see you. I respect you. Uh, where can people find you? I know you offer coaching, mentorship, and the podcast. Where you know website, everything.
1: Sweet. Thank you. So my personal website for coaching and courses and all those things, if you feel a resonance with these messages, these stories, my style, you can find out more about me there and you can um, apply to to work together if that's calling you to go deeper. That website is hallierose.com. I have a newsletter you can sign up for there as well and a free meditation that I would love to offer people. So that's the best place to get all of that. And the podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, YouTube, and also at thoughtroompodcast.com. I also, because we talked about Soltara a great deal in this episode and you and I have both been there, just want to mention because it's So many of the episodes on my podcast were actually recorded down there. And I also have a coupon code for anyone who's thinking about going on a retreat there. So if you are thinking about going on a retreat at Soltara, you can get $200 off your ayahuasca retreat with the code thought room. We've already had I don't know, I think close to 20 people that were thought roomies uh, go down there to Saltara and Amazing. have their own experiences. It's so cool to get letters from people and a couple of people have, you know, become clients of mine through that. So it's, it's, it's really neat. We're building this excellent community. Um, so yeah, Joe, thank you. <sighs>
0: thank you so much, Hallie. All that will be in the show notes. That link for the Sultara will be in the show notes as well. And if you are a premium member to Quantum Coffee, stick around. We got an extended Conversation with Hallie here. If not, and you want to be, check out the show notes, $7 a month. Other than that, hope you guys have a good one. Peace.